everybody, John Troutman here. I'm here with Rafael Cortez on another episode of Truth or Comfort, What Do You Prefer? Hey, thank you for joining me today. I'm super excited to have Rafael here. Uh, we've become friends over a short period of time. He also has a real estate education coaching company. Um, I'm all about uh, you know promoting other people in the space. We're pretty like-minded in a lot of ways and uh, Anyways, I'm happy to have you on here. Great shirt, by the way. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm uh, finally worthy of one of these shirts. I've been I've been eyeing them for a while. <laughs> yeah, where'd you get that? Did you, I actually need uh, to see a receipt. You have to be super elite in order to yeah, uh, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to get gonna, one of these. You get invited to buy. You gotta one. know people. Yeah. You gotta know people. That's like that's like a, that's a classic too. So hey, good stuff. Thank you for coming on. Um, I want to talk to you uh, about a lot of different stuff. Like I want to pick your brain on on a few things and. But first of all, like tell us about your business and, and what you do. I, you know, we know you are in wholesaling. You teach wholesaling uh, in, uh, nationally to people, and it's kind of taken off through COVID as well, right? You want to touch on this? Yeah, no, absolutely. First off, and um, thank you for having me. It's we've had a lot of uh, small bits and pieces types yeah. of conversations, um, but it, it's it's really cool to sit down and then just you know have a formal one here and and put it all you know out there. Um, so yeah, I do a couple of uh, different things. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Um, I do have an education business, so we teach uh, uh, wholesaling through Wholesaling Inc., uh, which is a national brand. Uh, we have students throughout the United States. That's one of them. Uh, I'm also a real estate broker. I have a, I own a brokerage here in town. Uh, I'm an uh, organizational psychologist, which is where uh, people and businesses, you know, kind of merge together. And, and that's really my favorite part of everything that I do because I think it consolidates everything else. Uh, that's where the mindset, the, the strategy, the tactics, the, uh, you know, the processes um, all combine into this one single space. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, in, in my head, it all looks like one business with different arms per se. Yeah. Th so th to that piece, like it's, uh, I wanted to talk about that specifically. I, I see you have all these different things, but that specifically, is that what you're coaching on? No. So the, uh, the education business is, is straight up a uh, wholesaling. So how okay. do you know how to find your first deal? We have people who have, um, who haven't done any deals and they're closing deals within 90 days. Right. Nice. Uh, and it's a tried and tested. It's a proven process. I mean, it's all linear. Um, that's the thing about, about coaching. There's so much uh, information out there. Uh, people go to YouTube university and then they just get this mind up of, of information, you know, thrown at them. Right. And, and it's hard. It's like playing with a, uh, with an unorganized box of Legos. Like you have all the pieces, right. Theoretically, but you don't know exactly where they go. Right. Um, and I mean, I think it's information overload is one of the biggest problems. Well, what, uh, what I really focus on is, is trimming that out, cutting the fat off, uh, making it, uh, I have a, a philosophy in business, which is less business, more profits. And it's less as in lean, effective, strategic, and simple. So uh, if I can have a business that's lean, effective, strategic, and simple, I'm winning, right? And that's the whole premise of really my coaching program. It's going through it, uh, showing people, you know, step-by-step, step, one foot in front of the other, take this action, this result, this action, this result, this action, this result, until they get to this, you know, specific point where they're getting paid and they're building a business as they're going through it. I'm not a fan of the hustle. Like the hustle is a, it's a season. Right. And we, we shouldn't see that as a lifestyle. <laughs> right. Got it. Got it. So you're teaching this process yeah. that produces results. How long have you been doing doing this for? Uh, I started wholesaling, 
well, for about 12 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I tapped into real estate about 12 years ago. I used to have a, another business uh, before then, which was uh, in the transportation industry. Um, but I started uh, doing wholesaling and fix and flip, you know, and just kind of getting my feet wet with some extra capital that I had. Uh, and then I came across, you know, the, the concept of wholesaling, which is really uh, it's, it's selling your vested interest in a property. You're not you're not uh, fix and flipping. You're actually selling your your rights to a contract to somebody else. Right. Right. And um, and the idea of, of uh, making money on paper and you're talking, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars profits. Uh, it's a lot sexier than swinging a hammer. So, like, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna dial this in, then see where that goes. And I mean, it's it's uh, up to like to this day, it's been one of my core activities as far as business. Yeah, yeah it seems like you definitely have a down. <clears throat> Sometimes I'm swinging the hammer, not not literally, but the fix and flip. Um, it's what I've done, right? I haven't mm -hmm. done so much wholesaling. We do wholesaling on commercial and stuff like that, but totally different than the process that you're doing. And you're teaching um, more of in group session, correct? Right. It's it's group coaching. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we do flips as well. But for example, we're the type of marketing that we do is direct to seller, right? Um, every time we we are the first in the line of, of of the people that can have an option to to a property, we can cherry pick. So yeah. we're in a space where we can cherry pick. Oh, you know what? We're gonna keep this one. We're gonna flip this one. Uh, we're just gonna wholesale this one. And I mean, it's a better place to be in. Uh, so that's what I like about the the idea of wholesale. Uh, the tr uh, the coaching that I do it is group coaching, live calls every week, um, you know, and that sort of thing. I mean, a ton of supported, you know, supporting materials and contracts, and just you know the ins and outs of everything that you need to get from no deals, no knowledge to you know money in the bank. It's and so, how fast? How fast <clears throat> did, you, did you say it takes someone from kind of start to, you know, when they first take action, if you will? Uh, entering in um, your guys's program to to well I doing a deal that's that's a, I mean a how fast good, can somebody yeah it, it's a it's a very good question um, I almost see it as a every time somebody asks that it's almost like a loaded question yeah 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 I There's, know we I have <laughs> we have truth or comfort yeah 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 All right, so the truth is um, the uh, one of the first conversations that I always have with my students is are you, are you interested in in becoming you know and having your own business. Uh, they usually say, yes, I'm very interested. Uh, or are you committed yeah. to having your own business? Are you committed to, you know, giving, the, you know, four hours out of the day to build this out while you have a nine to five? Right. So the people who really get into it and they're committed right out of the gate, uh, take the actions, you know, they go through the process. They actually follow the, uh, the uh, you know, the process that we have laid out. Uh, I mean, you're talking money in the bank within 90 days. And, and I mean, we've had some great, great, great success stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's amazing to see the, the, the correlation, right, between progress and, and profitability right. with, with action. <laughs> so, so let's talk about this for a second. Like, <clears throat> here's the thing that I think, um, and we had Chris on last week and he touches on it too. And I think it's going to be and always has been the theme when we meet and talk with successful people is, you know, the, the work behind it all. Right. So, I mean, you're saying you work a nine to five and then you have four more hours of work to do. I mean, so you set that stage or expectation like, hey, if you want to be successful, you have to do this. Like, what do you think or what do you see as the biggest issue when people get started? Like, is it? Sticking with that commitment? Or is it something else? Is it mindset? What What is it? it? It's, I mean, I think it's 
people getting enamored with the idea of doing their own thing. Um, the word, for example, the word entrepreneur. Right. The phrase or the uh, the uh, ideology of being an entrepreneur. I mean, really just gets tossed around with, without any you know due regard. Right. Uh, but it, it it takes a lot, right? Think about it this way: every time you're working, when you clock in at seven, you know, in the morning, and then you clock out in the afternoon, you're building somebody else's dream. Right. Um, now you're 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 going to be spending your energy to build somebody else's dream. And if you're completely happy, if that's your state of being where you feel like you're in bliss and you enjoy it and you love it. Perfect, right? You're living the dream. However, if you have that itch, and and you have that uh, you know that calling or that uh, desire to do something bigger or do something better or just you know get out of the rat race or do your own thing, own your options, as I, as I love to call it, um, you have to build your dream after hours. Right. You have to be committed to building that dream after hours. What happens is that people find out that oh you know what it's, it's there's a lot of rejection uh, the reality of business right how many how many people do you have to prospect in order to get a yes right uh, it's it's a lot uh, people don't like um, being rejected uh, there's you know sometimes you know especially in the startup phase there's going to be a lot of negativity from family members you know pessimist thinking you know all, all around right right and if you let that as an individual if you let that get to you uh, it, it's going to stop you in your tracks mm -hmm. and i think it's 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 one of the causes why people fall out of love with the idea of being an entrepreneur and they go back to the comfort zone. Like, oh, you know what? I don't need that. And they, they start creating fallacies. Right. Right. As, as, you know what? I don't need that. It's too much work. I'm going to be here. I got benefits. I got this, this, and that. I mean. They start to settle <clears> and <throat> their dream space starts to close exactly. back in. Right. Exactly. Go back to the comfort zone. Yeah. So do you, like, you know, I've heard the analogy and we've used it, but like getting them their armor, right? To go out and have these conversations or not have the conversations, especially like it's amazing how many times people will, you know, give someone equity in their brain and get an opinion when they don't really ask for an opinion or maybe they are asking for an opinion from someone there that hasn't done that work, mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of like asking you know, hey, how do you build a computer? Well, if you've never built one, I mean, why are you giving advice on it? Yeah, More importantly, exactly. why would you take someone's advice on exactly. it, right? So I'm sure, like, <clears throat> the amount of students you have, like, going through, that's got to be one of those things that you just, you're prepping them for. I know a big piece, a big piece, um, you know, obviously you have your, your course content and what you do step by step. But prior to all that, you're, you get them mentally prepared for what they're going to go through, correct? Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Like, like, we don't need to go through everything you guys go through, but I'm just curious, like, you're prepping them, right? And I want to emphasize that on here because the truth is uh, that that is a big piece, mindset. Prior to us have, starting this, we were talking a lot about mindset. It's up on my computer still. And it's just one of those things, if you're not prepared mentally, if someone's going to throw you off, you'll just like what Raphael's saying, you'll run back into your comfort zone, close up your dream space and, and just shut down, which doesn't benefit you, um, your family, you know, your, you know, your, your, it, it doesn't benefit you. So make sure you're, you're geared up mentally. Uh, and prepared to take on any of these negative people or challenges. And don't be surprised, obviously, when you take off, and you guys have heard this before, once you start getting success, 
your friends, you're going to have friends and family that are haters. This is just how it works, unfortunately, because there's a form, there's a form of jealousy that creeps in there and, you know, um, you'll probably end up with new friends. So <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, that's really how it happens, right? Some people are, are, are real and they stick with you. Um, but th there's also this big group of people that will that are going to be the naysayers. And not necessarily because they, they, uh, they hate you as an individual, but they're going through something in their space, in their world, in their, you know, through their mind um, that's, that's stopping them from doing something, right? So whenever they see it manifest in somebody else, uh, it, it's just, it's a natural reaction to, to reject it. Um, so, for example, it, it's hard for me to take something personal at this point just because I understand how that goes. Anytime somebody says something negative or gives me, you know, tr uh, if I'm starting a new project or, you know, new whatever, um, and, and I hear something bad, like I understand right out of the gate now that it's not, um, I'm just a mirror. I'm not, it's not against me as an right. individual. It's, you know, they're going through something else. Maybe they really believe they can't achieve it, but my head is set. My head is fixed. My mindset is done. There is no other outcome. I'm already walking in that direction, right? And that's, that's how I'm wired now. It didn't used to be that way. Right. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that helps me. But, um, you know, as far as the, the pragmatics of, of getting people um, <clears throat> kind of ready or teed up for, for what's coming, because it is a storm. Anytime you start a business, it's gonna be stormy, right? Right. Did you have another question, or was there? I was gonna ask you, like, it, I mean, I, we're talking about real estate, and I want to come back to this spot, but you were saying, you know, it, it's a mirror, right? Mm -hmm. Could you elaborate on that? Like, um, some of the people watching might be like, what, what's he mean by it's a mirror? Well, I, I get it's... maybe we could use another analogy other than or example other than real estate. Yeah, it's it's uh, just simple. It's the fact that um, most. Uh, most pushback, most negative, uh, you know, experiences that, that we come across, uh, whenever we have an argument with somebody that we don't know, um, and then you're pissed off, right? It, it's, you're not really, you're pissed off. You don't know that individual. You don't know if they just, you know, totally, you know, lapsed out and they, you know, they ended up cutting in front of you because they didn't know where the line started, yet you're pissed off. You're mad. Right. You're mad because you're standing in the line. You're mad because something happened in the morning and that kind of rippled effect over to your, you know, your attitude, your degree of patience, you know, to that moment. So understanding that it's not all about um, us, you know, right there and then whenever something bad is coming at, you know, at us, for example, cold calling. Cold calling, it's one of the, you know, best prospecting tools out there. However, every time you call, um, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time, uh, can I curse? Yeah, 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 please. <laughs> you're going to have a, you're going to, you're going to have a fuck off on the phone, right? Yeah. Uh, people get mad because you're soliciting, you're calling, you're doing whatever. However, it's something that we have to do on our end. Right. They're not mad at us because we're calling. They don't know us. Right. So it's it's we the understanding that it's not going to be a personal thing, right? Uh, as as in getting you know to an attack on your individuality, it, it's the first thing that that we have to understand right. as entrepreneurs. It's just a situational thing. They're tired of the other thirty phone calls. You just happen to be the thirty first that you know pop the bubble, right? Um, and I think I mean I think that goes a long way. Just understand that it's it's not a um, um, an individual attack. It's it's we have. Um, one of the biggest fears, right, it's, it's always going to be rejection, not, right. not belonging, right? Because of, when that's out the window, you feel alone. You feel like you stand by yourself and, and not part of a, um, a bigger movement or a bigger uh, purpose. 
uh, even you know not like you have support of anything and it's you know it can be a very scary place to be in right just understanding that it's not about that um it's it's about the situation they're going through and they're reacting to whatever is going on in their heads yeah so like for example like if someone um someone is saying something to you like hey okay great you want to do real estate well that's that's silly i don't think that's going to work really that's a reflection back on them and they don't think it's going to work. It's not that you don't. It's their limiting beliefs, right? right? And there's other hidden motives behind it as well. But it's usually a direct reflection of them, not you. So um, something kind of food for thought. And the reason um, we're talking about this so much is I believe, and a lot of people in the space believe, you're no different in, in that... You know, the mindset piece is such a massive um, part of being an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter whether it's real estate or not. It just so happens that's what we do is real estate. So that's what we're using, uh, that vehicle. But that being said, um, when you transform a piece of real estate, you know, you're going through uh, and you're rehabbing it and you're learning how to manage, you know, budgets, timelines, you know, people, which is probably the biggest variable in this whole thing. As you go through that process, it is painful, you know, rewarding, very rewarding. So I don't want to discourage anybody from ever thinking about it. It's just a challenge. Just like anything that you start that is new is a challenge. doesn't matter if you're an AC tech. The first AC, you know, unit that you worked on was hard. No different than a house. So you go through that process, but by the time you're done, with all these different things that you've had to manage, now you've transformed yourself in your mind in the in the process, right? You've become a stronger, better person with more skill sets, right? So I always say, transform a house, you're gonna transform your <clears throat> mind. So that's yeah. our big thing too. Like yeah. it's a huge piece. Well, when you get that result through the door, uh, shit gets real. Right. Now you understand you have something tangible, right? Like, wow, I did this and I see that click. One of the things that I really push for is uh, when, you know, students get their first paycheck, like, don't get it deposited. Like, go out there. If you have to drive two hours to go to the title house where you locked that deal and you closed it, do it. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to be that much more for the anticipation and the build out of the energy, right? And, and that's really what's going to make that moment, uh, you know, stay with you for the rest of your life, the, the connection to, to energy. So you have that and then you get to the title house, you walk in and then you talk to this lady, my skin is, <laughs> uh, yeah, you walk, you talk to this lady who you've been dealing with for the past, you know, two, three weeks, uh, maybe 30 days. And then, you know, I'm here, I'm here to pick up my check and they give you the check and then you're just there, you're sweating, they give it to you in your hand and it becomes real. Yeah. I see that um, happening every single time that happens, students, you know, you I, I closed it. I had a student yeah. that two weeks ago closed the three first deals. He started wow. in January and he closed three deals in one week. Oh, so wow. he teed it all up. It, just, like, it all happened. Closed three deals. Sends me a picture with the three, uh, three checks. That's awesome. And that's a game changer, right? It rewires you uh, to a whole new level. Your, your subconscious just changes. Your belief system changes. Right. Because now you're like, oh, wow, this is real. And, and I'm not talking wholesaling specific, right? I'm talking any challenge. Right. You go through the process, you get it done, and the believe um, gets bigger. Yeah, bigger, your confidence, bigger, bigger. Yeah. your confidence, everything. <clears throat> you gain equity in yourself. So I, Absolutely. Think, that's, I think that's great. Um, okay, so we've talked about students. What has been um, for you? 
Like what has been your biggest challenge or give me one of your life's biggest challenges, something that you've had to overcome. Um, for me, it, uh, truth, truth or comfort. I'm not one for comfort. Uh, it's, it's really has been, it's been my limitate, my limiting beliefs on, on, uh, the amount of wealth and the, the impact that I could create. I come from a very humble back, uh, background. I grew up in a mobile home, you know, that kind of stuff. Mom was a single mom. It's, it's just very, very humble beginnings. I never felt like I was poor. I didn't know what that meant. Right. Um, but I had my, my mindset was fixed to, to this, you know, standard of living that was all around me, right? So, I mean, making $30,000 a year was, you're balling. You're, yeah. you're good. You're solid. Yeah. And, and um, I didn't understand um, the, uh, the potential uh, for, for what somebody can do in their lifetime. Yeah, I just and, and I never had a, you know early on I never had I had really good people I had a lot of love around me and and so I never suffered that way I never went hungry or you know I can't you know do a do a sob story about that kind of stuff, um, but it's it's um, the reality for me was different just my my the the borrowed behaviors and the beliefs that I was you know growing up with and adopting uh, just you know kind of you know had me set at this one point and overcoming those. Uh, took it's one of the biggest challenges by far so talk about that like uh, do you have any specifics you want to share or can you share like i mean obviously it's you know we're listening to this it what's been like tell us the struggles like i understand in general like what you're saying but is there any like catalysts or oh yeah okay um all right so so let's let's get into the good oh the good stuff uh, now it's, out of, it's, out it's of getting, the comfort. It's getting real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. No, no it. it um, all right. So uh, I, I became a fireman, right? And, and I've always done, you know, decent in school. I have. I've never been the A, you know, straight A student because I didn't care for it. Yeah. Uh, I was the one, you know, out and about and whatnot. And then I did decent on tests. So um, so went through that. Um, became a fireman when I was nineteen. I was the youngest fireman, and I I, I got to um, one of the captains just took me under his wing, right? And the guy was solid, um, Captain Fornoff, Mark Fornoff. He's in, in Yuma County, so I was a fireman in Yuma, and um, and he I mean he would spend a lot of time looking at stocks, looking at different things that I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. And he just kind of opened my 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 thinking, right? A little wider, a little wider. Um, and, um, and we had a few conversations that, that just kind of were completely different to, to what I was used to, to the limiting beliefs, to the, you know, you know, we started talking. I remember one conversation we had, and it was a light conversation about passive revenue and money coming in without you doing any work. Like, what? What yeah. are you talking about? Like people do that. All right. So it's the kind of stuff, those little golden nuggets. Yeah. Those seeds that were planted. Right. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I work hard, but I play harder. Um, so I put myself in a tight spot um, in my early 20s. I was trying to start a business and, and I went into it. I, I, I got out of the fire department. Long story short, I'm sitting out. So by then I, I lived here in Phoenix, uh, Phoenix and I'm looking out my, uh, my two bedroom apartment window um, and, and they're repoing my car. Mm. That's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem was they're repoing my car and, and by, at this point I'm living with my girlfriend and, and my stepdaughter, right? And now and she's pregnant with my baby now. And, and so they're repoing my car and I'm looking at the bedroom. Uh, by then I left the fire department. I, I shoot for the, you know, from the hip and then aim later. I've gotten better at that a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Um, so I left the fire department. I got a, a, a job as a, in construction. So I went back to, back to work in construction like I used to do in high school. 
um, and you know, framing and doing doing whatever I needed to do, like just labor, right? And, and I mean, it was a very dark time. I was a medic, firefighter, and then I went to so I got a pay cut. I got all kinds of stuff because I thought it was gonna, you know, it's gonna be alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was driving my fancy new uh, new little um, Eclipse uh, Spider okay. uh, sports car and whatnot, and and I'm looking out the window. I have absolutely, I think maybe 50 cents in the bank account or something like that, so nothing. And um, I had maybe another $20 in my pocket. They're taking the car away. The fridge is empty. My girlfriend's in the room. And I was the 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 guy who had the, the audacity to say that, oh, yeah, I fucking got this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that that was a catalyst. That was definitely a catalyst uh, for me to, to um, every, everything before then uh, was very... Um, incremental right yeah. so okay cool i went from you know thirty thousand dollars to 35 40 because I, do, I was doing well at the fire department right um and, you know getting sixty thousand dollars a year and whatnot with overtime and all kinds of hours put in uh so i felt like i was doing good right um but I mean, that took a while after that uh catalyst right there it, it was different like something something's got to change yeah yeah and uh that's when i really got serious i stopped being interested in building my transportation business and I got really got committed. Uh, so I switched my hours cause I still had to work, right? I still got to get a paycheck. Uh, now the car was repoed. So it's, I mean, it, it almost was uh, like a blessing in disguise. I didn't yeah. have to pay for it anymore. Uh, so I could buy milk. Um, yeah. and, um, and I mean, this happened over a very, very short period of time, but I switched my hours. I called my boss. I'm like, Hey, listen, can I change my hours? Can I come in earlier? I mean, I don't like, he goes, well, the only thing I can do for you is have you come in at three in the morning. And then, like, I told them, I just need the most time during the daytime because uh, I, I got to handle some stuff. But, you know, the first one to be on site, by the time everybody was in lunch, I was, you know, going home. So I would go home and start working on spreadsheets, understanding uh, Excel files, uh, how to put together contracts, how to make proposals, um, how to find funding for, you know, the first vehicle. Because transportation business, that's the one idea that I had going on. And did that. I did that for, I mean, it had to be, I think I... It was a tough time. So I would go to bed uh, at 9, 10, and then wake up at 2.30 and then go straight to work again. Wow. Um, that's the thing. During the work hours, you're building somebody else's dream. But for yours, you have to put in the work. Yeah. It's, it's not theoretical. Yeah. It's, like, it's really how shit works. Yeah. That, that was a catalyst. And, I mean, I guess um, that particular boss, Albert, um, he taught me a few things. Uh, one experience that I'll never forget uh, is that um, he used to design everything in CAD. He used to design everything in CAD work, right? His shop is actually down the street on 28th Street in Washington, uh, Rainmaker. Oh, so he's like neighbors. Yeah, we're neighbors now. So uh, he used to design everything. And uh, he had me, he pulled me from the job site. He goes, I want you to do this project for me. And he gave me blueprints. He goes, do you know how to read blueprints? But, but then I, I didn't I didn't care for saying no. I was like, no, but I'll, I'll figure it out. I yeah. promise you'll figure it out. Just give, you know, give me whatever you got. I was hungry. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he gave me the blueprints and he goes, uh, put these uh, doors together. Beautiful rustic doors. Right now they're sitting um, outside the um, uh, restaurant on 16th Street and Washington. 16th Street in Washington. Yeah. Oh, not, not Washington. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Roosevelt. I'm sorry. Roosevelt. Okay. Yeah. Well, that Got restaurant, it. those big wooden doors, I built those with his blueprints, right? Oh, wow. And he had me... Um, put those together and build them out and whatnot. I did the cutting. I would come in and leave it one. And I worked on that, I think, for like, it took me like, I don't know, four months, maybe three months, three months, four months to put, put them together, right? It was a big project. Uh, but he had me do it solo. Right. 
at the end of it, he goes, how much did you get paid on those? And I was like, well, you're paying me nine bucks an hour. And I was doing, I don't know, like, you know, 10 hours a day and whatnot. He goes, cool. Did the math. Uh, I mean, he gave me a few thousand dollars to build them, right? And I did all the work. And he, he goes, this is, this is really like one of the things that just set the stamp. He goes, all I did was draw them. You know how much they paid me for those doors? Like, no, what? And I was expecting, I don't know, five, six thousand dollars or something, like eighty thousand dollars. So he made eighty thousand dollars and I got like four or five thousand dollars just because of labor. Wow. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't do it out of you know out of being mean or anything, but he just understood. He knew where I was. He knew I was building the the transportation company yeah. and he was giving me that push, right? Yeah. So I I, I had the blessing of coming across people that not uh, I mean, now I call them indirect uh, mentors. Yeah. Um, they weren't written, you know, necessarily giving me mentorship, but I was learning so much from them because I was in proximity of. Yeah, I, I've had mentors the same way. You end up paying. You're you're mm -hmm. paying, but you're also getting paid in knowledge, right, or right. and experience. So, yeah, I think that's that's how my first mentor in real estate was. It's very similar. It took basically half the money, which. <laughs> Which, you know, I look at it like I'm more than happy to, I have no regrets at all yeah. about doing it. That's how I got into it. Like you built those doors and that was, you know, an, a seed that was planted or, you know, an opportunity you got to work through to yeah. better understand. So I, I, I could totally appreciate it. So I have uh, some of this is like you're sitting there, you're looking at your car getting repoed. You know, you see, you know, nothing in the refrigerator and your girl with your stepdaughter. I mean, the way I see that is in a baby. Yeah. <laughs> in a baby in the belly. So what I call that is a have to, you know, okay. some people say they're why I say you have a have to, like I would always say I could sleep on a park bench, but my kids can't. So mm -hmm. I have to go and make all this happen. Right. So I see that as that was your have to, like you have to go make that work. Right. Yeah, no, no other option. Yeah. It's the, the, <laughs> the boats were burned at this point or a bridge or whatever you want to call it. So I want to ask you this, like when someone asks you, what does it take to be successful? Like I, you've spelled it out, um, in your stories, you've said it, but I'm just curious, like when people <clears throat> ask you, like, what do you, you know, what does it take to be successful? Do you have like a response to them? I, absolutely. I, I think, and it's not, it's probably not what you're expecting, right? People are going to say, yeah, of course, we, we, we've all heard, you know, tenacity and grit and commitment. Yeah. And, and it, it is, that's, that's absolutely true. You've got to have all that stuff. But I think um, you, you have to own the awareness that you can do it. You can't do anything if you're not aware of it first, mm. right? Yeah. We, you can't learn anything if you're not aware that you you know it's something to learn right we don't know what we don't know and that's sort of, it's really what happened throughout my earlier years right becoming aware putting yourself in different spaces i was talking to rod or, or, or a trainer this morning and, and one of the things that i, I don't I, this is actually something that i said to him earlier um oh because he, he said something about talent and i was playing guitar yesterday in one of the videos uh and i was like no man the only talent we all have it's it's curiosity hmm. We have a talent. Everybody's born with a talent of curiosity. Right. Or with the talent of curiosity, right? Everything else outside of, outside of that, it's going to be work. Right. It's going to be work. 
So be curious. I mean, I think it really takes that much to be curious. Put yourself in situations where just your curiosity pulls you that way. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to end up, you know, meeting great people that are going to help you along the way. You're going to, you know, start with a vision. Be curious enough to even craft a potentiality, uh, uh, an, an alternate world, if, if, you know, for yourself. What's your ideal reality that you want to live in? Right. Be curious enough to build that. And, and uh, take the steps to, you know, get yourself to that spot. As you're taking the steps... Here, here's a here's I think what happened what stops most people before they even get started. It's gonna be too hard. I have no idea how to do it. it. It doesn't fucking matter. You know why? Because if you take two steps, you're gonna run into somebody else who may have a better vision, uh, right. and you want to adopt some pieces of that vision. And it's gonna be a pivot. And now right. you have you know you have somebody else that you met along the way, and then you have something else that's that's crafting. And the the accumulation of those moments, I think, is really what what. Um, takes somebody to, uh, to success and of course success being subjective right everybody has their own idea of success in my head it's owning my options i love to you know have the opportunity to come in and have great conversations with people um and you know be decide what i want to do with my day if it's sit on my ass and watch a movie you know what i can do it why because i own my options and nothing's gonna break nothing's gonna happen yeah. the sky is not gonna fall nobody's gonna scream at me i own my options right that's my my idea of success Could you do that I can't Absolutely. Do that. Absolutely. <laughs> you can sit and watch TV all day. Oh no no no, no. not that not that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't have the patience. Yeah for yeah yeah. That. I was like, uh, wow, no, the, uh, but the fact of owning you know owning your options in my head that's success. Um, and I leverage that. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things you know a lot of things that fall into it. It's empowerment of the team. To me, one of the things that makes brings me the most joy and just livens me up is it's to empower somebody else, mm. not just inspire. Inspiration goes away after you know. A workout but uh but when you empower somebody to actually take action and then ha- help them see the potentiality that's within them right uh, you're changing somebody else's life and then you have no idea what that ripple effect is going to have after that right um it, it's one of the things i do with my students one of the things i do with anybody who you know comes into my teams um and in my team meetings we usually discuss you know tactics and business you know status for the first 45 minutes and then the rest hour hour and a half it's it's you know it's top threes which is you know personal goals it's a gratitude that sort of thing and it's, it's really working on the mindset because that's 80 percent of the success right yeah well i noticed like a couple things um one is your mindset or your attitude like you're always positive i'll come back to that like i want to touch on like what i heard um you know as far as what I extracted what it takes uh, to be successful. And that is like, I heard the catalyst, which really was turning into hyper-focus, right? Oh yeah. So extreme focus um, and sacrifice. So you work an eight hour job and I did very similar, like I'd work a job and then I'd do do my stuff on the side it depends like as you shift and go through things but anyway that's temporary i mean it's not gonna last forever yeah so that four hours that's your sacrifice so um i've uh i had um a a mentor come and talk to the group and you know i always say like you want to be successful do two things do what you say you're going to do and then outwork the next person right just you do those two things i promise you're going to you're going to go far. The third thing uh, kind of goes in line with outwork the next person, but it's really that sacrifice. And that's something that you, you touched on because you're sacrificing your time uh, to build your dream. It's a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. 
that's where I think it becomes hard for people to um, get their mind around because they don't see that instant paycheck. But if they stick with it, everybody that I've seen stick with it, um, you know, if they have a process that they could follow and just continue doing at some point, it's going to click, which then we could talk about like one thing that ends up happening, like you talk about like you as you take action, you met someone and pivoted. Really, what's happening is you're building your network. And as you build your network, more and more doors open and those opportunities start coming to you. Like the biggest thing I've seen in real estate that keeps people from success is action. So that action and getting out and networking, once you start having people that have common interests, right? Um, and have been there, done that, and even people that are coming up with good energy, that kind of fuels you and you're able to to move into that space even easier. So having something that they could jump on a call, like a, a weekly call. Right. And then they, ha I mean, how many of those people are moving up the rung at the same time? And then you have this guy that did three at once, but you know, could you imagine like, what if he quit? What if he quit early? Like so many of these things are unrewarding in the beginning, right? Until you start to have that success so that you know, um, sticking with the process and believing in yourself and then being part of maybe a community or a group, uh, being able to tap into that, I think is so important. Uh, surrounding yourself with like-minded people um, and having that support group. It's it's imperative because one, one way I think about it is like you're a battery, right? And if you're just a battery on your own, you'll run out of juice. So you need a generator alternator to kind of refuel mm -hmm. and that's your support group and that network that you tap into to keep your battery going and keep you from you know fizzling out so it's a key piece like i know people talk about grow your network you'll grow your net worth that's a real thing you guys like you are yes. who you hang out with and so you may find that some of the people that you're you're working with or close with and friends you may need to change up some of that stuff or just keep keep those pieces from them and just go start doing you. But as if you have a catalyst like you had and a lot of people, when they have a have to, like they don't have a choice. They're backed into a corner. That's when real change happens. But you could force that and make that happen for yourself. Lean yourself off of that nine to five uh, by working you know, outside those hours and build that up or Get your car repoed and you have to go like that and make it happen. So it, it's it's uh, decisions get easier when you're in extreme survival mode. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> it's really it's really what happened. I mean, for example, in my case, it wasn't it wasn't I had an idea of the vision that I wanted to go uh, or the yeah. direction that I wanted to go in. Right. So I, I left the firehouse. I did my thing. And I was I mean, I was building something, um, you know, as far as the business, the transportation right. business. But it was um like I knew I was gonna be okay, and then the second everything just, whoosh, you know, closed off on me, and I, I started choking, you know, gasping for air. I, I got on extreme survival mode. What happened? Like all the results just whoosh, sped up. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's insane the stuff that you will find yourself with the ability to do when you're in survival mode, right? We can, I think, we can create that uh, that energy. Um, that well, to me, it was channeling, channeling the, uh, the the bad emotions, the feelings, the fear, uh, all that stuff that was happening. The you know sense of guilt because like 
fuck, I, I did this. I, you know, I, now yeah. I have, you know, the family that I'm trying to you know, start and like, that's guilt. Right. right. So I started channeling those into productive, you know, activities and whatnot. And, um, that's one way to do it. Right. Another way to do it is to really craft a, a, um, and this is more of a, it may sound like a cliche, but just like the, the network is your net worth. It, it's, it's real. Right. Uh, when you start crafting a vision, of, of what you want and reverse engineer. I mean, start from the end, right? You figure out what you want to be, or where you want to be, what you want to have, do, and, and you know the space that you want to be in five years, and then start reverse engineering from that. It's Things get a lot clearer. clearer. Um, I think clarity is one of the biggest things too that, uh, that stop people as they're going through the, through the motions. Right. Uh, if you're not clear enough, you're gonna get analysis paralysis, and then it's gonna, your motivation and drive is gonna fade out. Uh, get clear about where you want to be in five years and then break it back from that. Yeah, we, we say it and I, you know, I borrowed this. I heard it when I was younger during my catalyst, right? Was um, a lot of people plan their vacations more than they plan their financial future. And that's Ooh. such a real thing. Like, think about that. Yeah. You planned your vacation more than your future, which is kind of sad, but it's true. It's just yeah. the way our culture is. So it's awareness, right? Yeah, it, it is. It's exactly what it is. Like being aware, what do you being want? Being aware that you can create the life by design. If you just focus on certain things, um, like finances, like right. you're going to be, you know, get smarter about this. I wasn't taught finances in school. I don't know if you were, it's a rhetorical question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. it, it, so the awareness wasn't there. However, Oh, I, you know, I want to go to Hawaii. I want to travel. I want to go to Disney world. I want to like all those trips were part of the, uh, the awareness. Yeah. It also goes back to that whole thing. Like you're not going to ask somebody who didn't build a computer, how to right. build a computer. Your reality is a lot True. of our teachers, unfortunately yeah. don't, have that piece as well, which anyways leads to a whole nother conversation because <laughs> I think teachers should be paid more. And Absolutely. Hey, I, I want to talk to you about what you're wearing on your wrist. Let's talk about that for a second. Are those mala beads? These are um, energy centers. Okay. Also known as chakras, right? Okay. Um, but to me, it's a reminder. It's really a reminder. I have, um, um, it's not a, I wake up in the morning and I do the same thing. Every morning, right? A routine. A routine. Okay. And um, the first thing I do is, is connect. I meditate. And this is a good reminder throughout the day to go back to my meditation mm. uh, thoughts from early in the morning. I have another one that, I mean, literally reads believe. All right. So I'm driving. I drive with my left hand. And this thing is staring at me the whole time. The belief, it doesn't matter how successful you are or how, you know, badass of a coach or how great you're doing today. It, it's one of those things that it's, it's on a, it's on a gauge, you know, it goes up, it goes down, it goes like a little mm -hmm. roller coaster. Um, and um, it, it's part of the process, just part of the, the process of reminding myself of, you know, the, the person who I am, the person who I want to be, right? But it, it is, I go into it, it's um, in the mornings I meditate, the first thing I do is it's connect. Um, sometimes that means, you know, sitting there and journaling and just, you know, spitting out my thoughts and then sitting in silence, counting my breath, I do a lot of breath work. Um, and, uh, and sometimes it really, it's there and, and just being motionless, just sitting, sitting, sitting. For me, it's a very, very hard thing to do. I am not wired that way. Uh, I had to build up that, yeah, that yeah, strength, yeah. uh, because I, I mean, the second I sit down, I was like, all right, I got to send 17,000 emails. Um, I gotta do this, I gotta close on that, I gotta send you know, this paper, I gotta make sure this guy's doing that. It's the way we've been <laughs> rewired basically to make our attention spans shorter. So 
Yeah. Having something to counteract it's huge. Jim Quick does a lot, talks a lot about it. I think and, he's and a great guy. I think the biggest thing that it it sets me up for, uh, or the day, it's it's uh, being um, taking action versus reaction. Really, if we don't give our, our our thought process enough time or enough of a gap to have original thoughts and and stimulate that original thinking, we're just going to be reacting to everything that's thrown at us. We're mm -hmm. going to be reacting to the next email. We're going to be reacting to the next challenge. And there's got to be no um, no in the fire department. We used to call it pre-planning. You know, you got to pre-plan for you know if this particular building goes on fire, what's the pre-plan for? Right. And it's kind of like that, uh, you know, meditation for me gives me that space uh, of centeredness, if, if, if you may. And um, and it really allows me to have that, uh, that curiosity, not die out, that uh, original thinking, you know, kick in and practice it, right. that create uh, creativity to come out and then do something with it as opposed to just let it sleep and die. Right. Well, I think um, <clears throat> we've touched on a lot. I think we've definitely... <clears throat> Um, covered a lot today, but I, a lot of you guys watching, you know, you thought, okay, hey, we're going to talk about real estate, which we did, but most of it was this real estate, which is the most important piece of real estate. So, um, how do people get hold of you? Like, if they, I mean, if the, they want to follow you, the, or... yeah, the easiest way, um, Instagram, I'm pretty um, active on Instagram, I have a bunch of stuff on there. It's Rafael Cortez, CEO. That's my handle, and then my YouTube channel. Like I, uh, I'm always uploading videos and little, you know, bits and, and pieces on how to wholesale strategy tactics. I have three series on there: one in business, one in mindset, and then one in wholesaling. Nice. Along uh, as uh, as well as the podcast. Uh, that's Rafael Cortez CEO. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, you know, YouTube, just under we'll Rafael CEO. Yeah. We'll post it. We'll post that uh, here, so you guys could just click on the link below as well. I appreciate you. Coming course, in, man. joining, sharing these pearls, words of wisdom with us. And again, I sometimes I just don't know where these are going to go. And this ended up going a lot in this piece <laughs> of real estate, which I definitely am all for. So I appreciate the time. And uh, again, awesome having you on. Thank Brother, you. thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, it's been yeah. a blast. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you.